This is a Commune podcast. I had a meeting at 1:30 uh, for a corporate show uh, tech run and discussion on you know what I should say and all that. And the first 10 minutes they spent uh, discussing whether the paint not this one but the painting behind me whether it should be there or no. And uh, clearly the man in this conversation had no opinion on it. But the woman was like, "Oh my God, it will take away from your jokes," and I was like, "I'm, I mean, that's cute, but are you <laughs> saying that the people in your organization are so into art that for half an hour they'll just stare at the black and white painting behind me? I'm like, have no faith in my jokes. It's just, I was defeated. I was defeated. This is a tech meeting which is happening. A tech meeting. Then I was also sent, uh, you know, uh, because it's a corporate thing. Can Anu wear business casuals? But it should be colorful because it's holy. Online. Yes. You know the fact also that you <laughs> have gone through your life just sending emails. Aaj maine saas liya. CC BCC. Like that's all. Any word is spoken. Just one email is being shot off. I don't understand. I just like MBA doesn't prepare you for life. Clearly, the real world. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Now you understand why why I quit corporate life. People think I was following my passion. I was just running away from corporate yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back to Stupid No More. You know this episode is everything that I wanted Stupid No More to be. Uh, it is just so phenomenal that I'm not even going to give you an introduction. We're just going to get straight into the conversation. It's a long one. And even if you listen to just like half of it, I can give you a guarantee that you will come back and finish the other half. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the finest comedians in India, and yeah, one of my favorite person in the stand-up comedy industry, Anu Menon. So you finally managed to log in. I'm glad. I'm very disappointed that I told uh, Debbie to do it. Debbie did something. Huh? Despite one year of COVID and staying at home and doing online because shows, because I use my you iPad. You don't have pro. a laptop, which laptop? doesn't have a Bluetooth. Ew! How will I get so clumsy and like big? You should have multiple devices. You want your son to grow up without Bluetooth. Arey, he is Anirudh's dirty laptop. Yeah, it's not my fault. He's reset something, and now Bluetooth. Now he also can't figure out. It's really upset him. You know, nothing upsets Anirudh more than like he can't figure shit out. That engineer in him goes mad. <laughs> so he's been spending from three thirty to three. He's trying to figure out shit, and then he can't. Like his like system won't allow him to say that it will not happen, baby. So he was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then it is not about the podcast or Bluetooth working. It is about ego, ego. tech problem, and I can't fix it. But Anu, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, sorry, are we starting now? Yeah, yeah, we have already started. Hey, all no, of this no, is listen, you in. cannot say all these things. You cannot. We were just chatting. Of course, I can. No, you can't. Did you not sign the contract? My team sent no, to you. No, you don't have a team. Shut up. So <laughs> there is nothing. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. You left corporate world. You don't have a team now. Okay. You will have one person, Roshan Abbas, who's appointed someone else because I mean he does not want to be your team. <laughs> Nonetheless, that someone else sent you a document which said anything you say out here will be and shall be used against you. Okay, now tell me when you're starting. Now I'll be professional. Chal. It's it's already started. Hey, you can't. You see the record button. My stop it. My God, yeah. Now you start. Like how? Huh. 
how 1800s are you you can't see the record button the point is anshu she's trying to figure out she's looking, looking around at the record <laughs> button a, i'm just staring at your looking, face you just looked around I the did, browser to I see did. where that red light was i was just you admiring just my own pale face ha say no it is on uh, so welcome to the show and uh, i'm glad that you are on this podcast it will do wonders for your career uh, what career what <laughs> career as a woman i'm just happy to 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 get whatever i receive just playing the woman card now always i have to get that get that out of the way in the beginning so what do you think about women in comedy oh my god are you a journalist now like i can't as a first question everyone asks okay you only said get it out of the way so i have to just ask you a blatant question and just get you it know, out you know honestly way. if i have to give you like a like a proper answer i never uh, thought of it that way like there was any difference between male uh, comedians and female comedians but over the last um, a couple of years i see i can see a difference like i can understand what people are talking about you know uh, a lot more uh, forget uh, wages and what you like even like i'll give you an example um just if you look at your own comedy wall and who you've put out there whether it is a picture of jim jeffries of bill burr of jerry seinfeld of uh, yeah. Ma- mark marin there is not Smart one woman ass. in that list right and it's not it's yeah. not an attack it's just yeah. a thing of like people always say there are not yeah. enough women in comedy but that's true of any profession across the globe there are like the master chefs are mainly men in comparison there are more engineers than uh, male engineers and female engineers so i don't think that's uh, an app thing so whenever people say Oh um the, of the top 5 comedians like four will be men one will be a woman it's just a numbers game there are say a thousand male comedians yeah. in this country and 200 female comedians so among like when yeah. you when you're playing those numbers it's it's honestly going to be but in terms of a difference i feel it especially like you say for example if you go for a corporate show right uh the idea that women w- will only talk about women centric things and their humor won't be something and all these corporate organizations it's a 80% male to 20% at best female population i've done shows with a 95% male and 5% female right correct where they have to show like man ko tasalli milni chahiye ki we are doing our bit during women's day so we'll get the female comedian and say but men will also join so don't make it too womeny so i was like yeah okay um hmm. so uh, we are i don't know it's just uh, like so many preconceived notions about what we bring to the table also that fact that people feel that all women talk about the same things like i have nothing to say uh, about uh, rip jeans or my vagina like i was told by a corporate please don't mention your vagina i was like actually i have nothing to say about it uh, apart from the fact that it worked because i produced a child but apart from that i don't have jokes about it you know so the idea that we are all like closeted in this one little uh, cubby hole of humor mm. um and my other pet peeve of course which i've gone on about is that i hate these all women lineups i'm not a big fan of it i don't think that helps in bringing equality into the system 10 comedians you do i totally agree with ma- you seven male three women and i don't un- even understand that all women's lineup primarily because i don't think there is a problem of a woman getting a spot in a lineup is there a problem like have you ever faced just because you are a woman you will not get a spot see actually i'm not the wrong person to ask this question because i did not have any struggle getting into stand up or getting spots because i had the baggage of being lola kutti hmm. so it was not like a problem for me but i'm sure for a lot of women it is an issue so therefore i really appreciate like producers like a gr sethi who has made a concerted effort to get in more female voices into lineups right and into open mics and yeah i i i have i mean obviously i haven't produced shows uh but i have never seen in green room 
or in any other multi comedian lineup anybody even referring to the fact that oh just because she's a female let's not bring her into the lineup i don't know where it happens i think it happens in more insidious ways honestly uh in terms of uh, like you're just told strange things as a woman you know don't look too nice otherwise it'll take away from your jokes is she considered funny because she's fat you know you should wear clothing that one was really cute one was uh, you know anu just to you know i feel like as you're married and all but when men should always feel like uh, uh, they have a chance with you even if you're married you know you should give that vibe like all sorts of things yeah tell, tell me one thing i i totally understand these kind of comments in any workplace forget uh, uh, stand up comedy in any workplace they they are a lot there are plenty of these comments which come in they heard but the same things are said to ma- male comedians also what that their sh- their skirt length should be yeah, above yeah, their knee don't look too good no 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 don't look too good on stage uh you know some women just come to the show just to watch you those kind of things have been said to male comedians also the difference I mean, is I mean, you, even fans have walked up and said you know i wasn't even listening to half the show because i was just looking at you these things happen i'm sure they happen but i feel it, the difference is it's a gender difference in terms of the threat level is much less for male comedians it is also compliment i'm not saying there is only one etras movie or one disclosure made hmm. right but that is yeah. those instances yeah. are fewer and far between i agree with you i agree with you so uh, so so there is a difference like i'm not saying see see don't get me wrong i'm not saying that you know this doesn't happen and even if it happens you should just let it go because it happens to men also or clearly not right we all we all have that intelligence to understand that it's not like that what i'm saying is sometimes i feel people are making too much out of it and then they're forming these groups and gangs which is female comedians versus male comedians and these this kind of mentality then leads to these all female comedian lineups and i don't think it's good for the industry I, you know either which way it's not good for female comedians it's not good for male comedians no one has wanted Who? me in their gangs anshumor in school also because you have these paintings comedians. behind you now i wish i could like i'd probably take a f- snapshot of this and with paintings like this who would want you in the gang <laughs> don't say this okay i like art i also like art but i don't buy it and put it on my walls <laughs> it takes money to buy these kind how of much, how much how uh, much did you uh, spend on your uh, designer white shirt for this this is nothing this is a kurta yeah this is like one sad old 5 year old kurta abhi right now na anu in the frame uh. if we just look at the brands and the stuff which is in your frame versus my frame there'll be at least 50x price difference between these two frames i really need to und- I, i need to get this out of my system okay ha, now my do. problem i face in life is that i look much richer than i am okay hmm. so i honestly i just look like my ba- like credit card has no credit limit so if i'm standing at a hotel after like at a restaurant you come out to give the this thing to the valet the mercedes automatically comes to me although mine is the toyota yaris do you understand so i have this issue but to the point where i at some point channel we felt they were doing me a favor by allowing me to be on their channel because they were like are but we are giving you opportunity what do you mean salary bhi chahiye kya matlab so it is an issue i have so even among like comedians or someone said i had it you too posh actually comedians ha jo bhi hai so hmm. the comedians uh, male comedians i know you want to lift to uh, bandra they like chi anu bandra she just lives in south bombay <laughs> i was like main kya main kya karu apologize karu kya sorry abhi main kya karu ha but coming back to female comedians i really wanted to get this uh, discussion going because 
I've had very mixed views about this. Uh, yes. One of the reasons. Okay, let's 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 kind of put it point by point. One in terms of the yeah. content that uh, you know, one of the things that is always said is that you guys you guys are always talking about vagina and boobs and stuff like that, right? Um, and as comedians, we understand that you know you can talk about whatever you want to, right? And uh, and obviously, it's not even true that you are all the. When I say you, I mean all female comedians are always talking about it. But even when men are talking about those kind of stuff, they get the same allegations. They get the same response from a broader audience. There's some who will enjoy. but a broader audience still says why are you talking about this why do you talk about these kind of things why don't you talk about something else as a topic it's the same thing uh same thing maybe i'm not saying threat i feel like when you attacks a female comedian on twitter vis-a-vis a male comedian uh like for example it's heinous right like the at one point i think some male comedians had their numbers uh, put out on social media so yeah. they were getting threats and you know we'll send men to your house or whatever um if you have to do that with a woman it is a little more right because she's a woman who's living alone maybe or she's a woman with a family blah 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 living with her family so just in terms of a physical threat level of i'm sending boys that it is more or if there is a, a, a allegation of rape or a threat of rape or whatever it is it's always far more so i'm saying on on that count when it comes to attack everyone is attacked no one is saying no like you can say mm. any that like i can breathe today and someone can take offense with my breath technique right so it is not yeah. a question of that for me yeah. personally what i feel is that just because people even are in stand up and it is an art form and people automatically presume that um artsy people are somehow woke it is not true mm. like we are not yeah. as woke as we want to be and we are not as woke as we think we are we will get there but we are not there For example, you also, if you are a a a, a man who's brought up in a certain patriarchal environment, whose mum is a housewife, whose father's gone to work, come, da da da, you've been brought up like that. Sometimes you will look, in, and even though you are a stand-up comedian, you will look at Anu and say, "My God, the things she's saying about her family, right? Mm. You are doing." I what I face is um I'm possibly one of maybe only a very uh, few women who are married with child right who do stand up yeah so initially I felt a lot of backlash matlab ki ma hone ke nate she is saying these things about her child whereas uh my point is if I have to pay for Ayan's material needs in this material world I can use him as material right but i really? felt genuinely that if when sorapan did it or amit tandon did it, it was cute that they made fun of their children but somehow this this notion no, of ma i don't think so somehow i don't i don't, I don't know i so. i feel i, I feel so and i felt quite attacked by more women honestly i i have uh, uh, i've done a lot of material around my family there was a time when pretty much everything that i was doing on stage was around my family and so many times people walked up and said why are you talking about like you're talking like this about your wife why are you talking like this about your son why are you talking like this about your parents i think there is i i i know there is something wrong right which needs to be fixed with women in comedy i know some parts of it are very visible and to me the biggest one is how audience treats female comedians on the stage and i've heard horrific stories of what happens pre post shows i know those need to be fixed but i also feel that there are certain areas now where there is this war like mindset which is getting created which i don't think is great for the industry because the I same things that you. Are, that you say are happening to you guys are happening to male comedians also the you know if a 
there are so many male comedians who don't get a spot. Uh, the spot is not largely, you know it, spots in, you know, on stage have rarely anything to do with quality of comedians. It is which group you belong to or who's good with who. Uh, these things are happening with everybody else and it's just one of those things here. I, I don't know, I, I feel it's not good because I think that kind of an attitude will alienate some female comedians in their own mindset as compared to the industry. Uh, it's, it's not great here. Yeah. I think also, honestly, in terms of reaction, it's a very generational thing, right? So I am slightly older uh, to a comedian who's just starting out. I've, you know, been on TV, I've seen. And I think um, it's that mid-generation that's used to ignoring a lot of things also, right? I'm not saying that is mm. the way to go. But you found a way to funnily slide out of a weird compromising situation and not make a big deal about it. Whereas I think today, because of all the attention, which is a good thing, that men are also being made to feel accountable and know that this is not the way to behave. Hmm. Like a lot of times, like unless you're told a certain behavior isn't appropriate, a lot of times people don't know. It is not ingrained. Like this is a whole nature versus yeah, nurture debate. Right. Huh, huh. That I agree. Yeah. That, that is inappropriate behavior. It is just what are you defining as inappropriate behavior? If I if I make a comment about your content, is it inappropriate or is it just part of every artist's life that this happens? People will like your content. They won't. Again, again, I'm not talking about the extremes. Okay, I'm, I understand those extremes. Those I know lead to real threat, and and those are things that guys we, we can't even understand because we haven't seen it, we haven't heard it, uh, we haven't experienced it more than more than anything. But it's just the everyday aspects of it, no? Those those worry me uh, a lot. I, what I don't think what 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 worries you? What are you saying? What that worries? worries you? I'll tell you what worries me. What worries me is uh, audience, audience's reaction. Because I've you know I've, I've heard female comedians tell me, like especially when they go for even even these corporate shows, so called. You're cheating on me with other female comedians. That's what you're doing. No, no. Fraternizing <laughs> now with other female comedians. Is Another this what you're saying on your podcast? Now you've decided the, to like open up about this. Oh my right god, let me just take the knife out of my back. Ow! Okay. You no, you okay. do realize that no? the recording sits with me, I can edit this out. <laughs> of course, but let for my own time. No, as a female comedian, I'm used to be cutting, being cut out. <laughs> that was a good one. Huh. Hey, I, I mean, even in corporate shows, the kind of, you know, when, when men after the show would walk up to a female comedian and then you know, gives, make suggestive remarks, hit on them, etc. I know those things are wrong. I think the the way audience needs to look at a comedian needs to be a comedian, uh, irrespective, female, male, uh, they need to react to it. I know it's very, you know, idealistic, but uh, that's the way it is. I think that's where the problem is. I certainly don't feel that the problem lies with uh, feedbacks, criticism, not getting enough time on stage, because that's happening to everyone here. That's happening to everyone. You are an artist, you're on stage, you're in public. From within the industry, from outside the industry, from the audience, you will get both criticism as well as praise. You just cannot play that card. You can't criticize me. You know, right? Right now, right now, if a female comedian cracks a joke in a live show and there are other comedians who are sitting there, when you get off, not many will come and tell you it was a bad set. How is that helpful for you anyway? Because all the male comedians will keep quiet. They will not say it because they will think that if I say anything... Are you saying that uh, people are scared to tell a female comedian your yeah. uh, set sucked because she will say, yes, oh, yes, because yes, I'm a woman, yes. you didn't find my jokes funny? 
Yes, okay. absolutely. That yeah, that's the that's the narrative which is being built around. Just because we are saying it, just yeah. Sometimes your material is not good. Sometimes everybody's material, like any comedian can will have bad material on stage. I agree. But every time you're criticized, you can't just bring in that card saying, "Hey, how will you learn? How will you?" No, grow? that's rubbish. I feel like at some point, just stop whinging and just get on with it, dude. Like you know, at some point, like you know, like there are. My issue is there are there are lots of things actually. As a woman, you can rage about. I can rage from the time I leave my apartment till the you know guy in the lift to the watchman to the auto wala to I mean come on I don't take autos but you know what I mean to the Uber wala to, <laughs> to the auto wala that I saw from my Mercedes yeah yeah um yaris um to the shop wala ki whatever like I can keep raging about these things but I feel at some point it has to be channelized also. Otherwise, it's just mm. constant, and then that constant noise becomes white noise. Then, and then it goes mm. into the uh, background. My, my, what I've noticed, and I've done like a few open mics uh, on Zoom. Um, there are a lot of like uh, uh, women who started comedy clubs in like smaller cities across India. So I did a couple, and what I've what I've noticed is that uh, it's a it's a young generation woman thing to do, where they start off with. uh trying to be a, uh, to uh, to make the audience a bit uncomfortable right uh i'm saying they mm. they go about it in different ways so so like you have a 20 year old girl who'll say ha huh, so sati and start and i'm i'm a little yeah. more uh, old school where i feel like you have 10 minutes the idea let the audience get to know you a little before you get into sati yeah But if you're going to start from there, then you're already alienating your audience. But that's just a technique thing which I believe. So when I go on stage, I always do a self-deprecatory joke, and then like it eases out the tension, and then you carry on. So I find a lot of like young comedians in this thing to be woke and edgy. That that's a word that's thrown out a lot in comedy, edgy. Yeah. But what is edgy, right? Uh, so if people say, "Oh, you know, I know you talk about," uh, uh, I mix. I realize a lot of stereotypes in my comedy as well as life experience because I feel like some people re- there is a beauty in a simple joke. Yeah, I don't mind. Like when yeah. corporates say, "Don't talk about religion, politics, sex," yeah, but for us, ठीक है ना? Don't talk about it. Like there is hmm. there's there's always some purity in a simple joke. I still believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just my thing, and I've veered off your question. But okay, now continue. Sorry. No, no. I think I think you're going in the right direction. and uh, it's the same uh, i recently happened to be at an open mic a couple of months back and uh, a bunch of these young all male comedians in that open mic uh, they were very young they, i think they all had started comedy literally during this lockdown phase you know and they came up on stage and they just wanted to sh- shock the audience and you know and it was just Precisely. absolute crass here it was just the dirtiest shittiest comedy that you could possibly hear and i i don't think yeah i mean I, you have to give it to them They, these are young people male or female comedians but young ones probably don't know or understand the art form uh but yeah it was bad yeah it's bad either which way but uh, anirban dasgupta has this great story where he was uh, he was taking some red eye flight and uh, he said there was this uh, young comedian next to him who had done one open mic okay so he told uh, mm. anirban he said like, uh, yeah and now i've watched a couple of stand up specials And now I am ready to shoot my one hour. Anirban said, "What? <laughs> Gone for one open mic? मतलब अभी मेरे को पता है सब पता है art form के बारे में पता है ना तीन stand up special देखा मैंने एक open mic बस मैं ready हूँ 
फॉर अ मोमेंट आई वाज थिंक मैं ये मैं तो नहीं था फोर इयर्स अगो बिकॉज आई है कॉन्वर्सेशन विद अमित टंडन when the, the first comedian i ever met i had no idea how comedy is done how do you get into comedy i had no i i hadn't even heard of a thing called open mics okay i didn't even know what they they were i just quit and i was sitting with the, like somebody got me introduced to amit and i was sitting with him in a coffee shop and that's the first question i asked him i said so and i was you, i still had that very corporateish thing about me na so I, i was like you know i was this and i was that i used to head xbox and and so and now i have decided to become a comedian so when do you think i can perform at canvas laugh club and amitna very very sweetly just looked at me nodded and he was like thoda time lagega dekho poor guy must have been thinking yeah i should get out of this meeting very quickly yeah when did you when did you come into comedy stand up i didn't come to uh, i don't know i actually wanted to try it when i but i was pregnant then so i didn't so i think about 2015 i would say you came in 2015 Yeah, I mean, like I used to do a little bit, little bit, but I like made a more concerted effort from 2015, I think. Oh, so you're technically just one year senior to me. Sure, let's let's like, go with that. In stand up, otherwise, to what? <laughs> in comedy and pick? in Korean drama, huh? Uh, we we should have another like. Oh, so no, no, we'll, please we'll let's not. It'll be another not, one hour uh, thing on Korean dramas. Huh. But uh, what made you get into stand up? Look, uh, my the stage has always for me been the focal point of my life, right? So even when I so when I was doing uh, drama school in London, my idea was I'll move to Bombay. There I will find a drama school in London and all. I went because a very stupid. Of people said, "Oh, Anu doesn't want to work hard anymore," and that my teachers were Anu Radha. Why you're doing like this? Why you want to do arts? You dissect a frog so well, all that jazz. So uh, and and my mum actually I never even thought of it but my mum was like listen if it's something you want to do like you love theatre and all you just go and study it also because my parents were in advertising so that whole like South Indian pressure wasn't there ki you know to be engineer doctor lawyer mm. and all they themselves had you know broken the mold of being both in advertising so so when I went there I decided okay I'll uh, find a uh, TV job that will support my theatre habit. Right. Mm. So even when people say, "What is your big dream?" and all, I said, "I want to be uh, do one West End play in my life and win a Tony Award." They were like, "Chee loser!" Normal people say Oscar and all. This one Tony Award, <laughs> मतलब pretentious little shit. So then, um, I went. I went and uh, so then when I came and I met these heads of uh, Channel V, a uh, bunch of people, and then I was told, "See, given your interest and all, you just marry money and then you do what you want." Okay, because as a woman, this may. You're not going to make money and all comedy, comedy, uh, mm. accents, all that. Um, so that's how I got the job at Channel V, and I just thought of something to do. So I don't think they knew what to do with me either. And so, so I did Lola, and then I was doing theatre on the side the whole time, like with Dilip Dubey and Rahul Padamsi and Rage and all that. So mm. I just felt like I I quit Channel V in 2010 or 2011, and then uh, I wanted I'd been writing some stand up. But then I was pregnant, so I didn't go ahead. So then I gave it some time, and I don't know. It just seemed like a natural progression of uh, of a stage life in that sense. Uh, my greatest issue or the problem I f- uh, faced was I had always been a character on stage. Hmm. So whether it was even on Channel V or whether if I'd done done those like few like you know silly movies I'd done or uh, plays. so i had no clue how it was to be just anu on stage you know so even that was a learning curve uh, mm. because at the end of the day whenever people i find this very interesting when thing when people say you have to find your voice as a comedian and i felt like saying what is the meaning of that voice the voice keeps changing na depending on what stage of life i am in my voice pre covid is different from my voice 
post covid is different from my voice pre baby post baby you know stuff like that so mm. and i feel that keeps on changing um and also the thing that i faced was a lot of people uh, remembered me as lola knew me as lola so initially it was like that she she looks so different she's modern she's her english is proper she's wearing a dress so i felt like i disappointed half the audience not being like lola and half the audience were like oh yeah she's nothing like lola you know want you want you tempted to uh, actually take lola on stage no or were you not allowed to do that No, I think I done my time with it. So even today, when people say, uh, you know, bring her back and stuff, I do. It's not like I don't believe she'll fit in. I do believe she has that universal appeal that you can put her in any, uh, uh, you know, there's no space-time continuum problem here. You can put her anywhere, anywhere, and she'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of humor is time and place, and I feel like uh, humor has moved on so much. I couldn't do a one-hour special as Lola. Like small snippets is fine. but uh, i don't uh, and i don't also want to wreck the memory people have of her you know because they were also watching it like nostalgia is not always through roast into classes right so i like a lot of things about the character i forgotten the people message and remind me of you know i was a oh, fan of lula kutia i was like genuinely a fan i don't remember whether it was a set scheduled time where you would come or you know everybody had a set schedule i don't remember that no But I know that if you were on screen as as Lola Kuti, you all watch her. Should yeah, I know. I used to be a fan of yours. Used to be. Used to just see, just see, just see. There was one moment. <laughs> I'll tell you this. There was one moment. We did this uh, X VJ huddle, okay, for Dead End recently, um, hmm. where uh, so sort of the old VJs, right, Gaurav Kapoor, Sahidi Saukar, Jose, you know, Juhi, myself. You know, we came together we were talking about things and how the, there's a new world order right how you know were, were vjs the original influencers was was this topic and suddenly it hit me that at at any given point between a channel v and a and an mtv say there were 12 vjs that means hmm. 12 people from this entire country were chosen to represent two youth channels right today hmm. 12 people release some content every second in this country i know imagine you know there are 12 influencers like it is a crazy so if you think about it it's a crazy thing to 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 believe but anyway once i was yeah. doing uh, something for espn cricket info all right and um there was a young boy who was a producer who was like 23 or something and i got a call from navin richard and this boy suddenly started looking at me greater as he my god you're getting a call from navin richard okay because he loved navin and nav for navin like he would call me anuchechi and say that you know you were on this readers digest cover and you were on channel v and my mother said look this girl is not speaking in hindi she's from here she's you know she's from the south and she's on national television if this is something that interests you you can do it too so he is like yeah maybe i should think of this as a career so i was like my god <laughs> it is crazy <laughs> matrix <laughs> When you got into comedy, were you were you serious about the career? Like, as in, had you decided that this was like the prime career, or were you looking at okay, theater or anything else would be the bigger one, and then comedy is going to be? Because back then, when you started 2015, there was nothing happening really in comedy. It wasn't big at all. Was yeah, but comedy started what 2000? I know 2009. Yeah, when I came into 2016, it didn't look like a career choice. When I got to know how much comedians were making at that point of time. So, so yeah. I was, and I got to know after I had left Microsoft. So I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> But the, thankfully, it became big in 2016. Later in second half, when the videos got viral and all. 
but it wasn't really like it wasn't a money making career opportunity right i think uh, what i stopped doing a while ago is try to plan things um in my life because i realized the profession i've chosen you never know what's around the corner and you never know what you're going to be offered what do you mean by that in in the sense that whether it's an acting gig or whether mm. uh, it's an ad gig or something like that i can't plan it right so you can go like a week or three weeks without a single call and then suddenly you will get five calls in one week So there is no uh, there is not a plateau profession it's a hill mountains and valleys profession yeah from a business standpoint and i don't think it's for everyone yeah and it's not for everyone right a lot of actors mm. at least like i i think with stand up i feel like i'm in little more control than if i was just acting and not yeah. doing stuff you know what i mean mm. so then i get to mm. choose i get to say no to things and at, at some level i feel like i'm creating my own work irrespective of you don't look the part you're too fat you're not fat enough your hair is too curly you're looking too you know i yeah. can see one scar like that is not those things are not in my control as a performer but in stand up i feel yeah. like it does not matter because i'm in you know the the biggest high for me in it's like when i see um, like my stand up special like it's gone it's not the fact that it's picked up by amazon or anything the biggest mm. high is just to see written and performed by anu menon like yeah. that like Total that control, hit na? like that hits you you know like my god yeah. like yes that is the thing forget everything else yeah. forget the low quality jokes the shooting nothing it's that written and performed yeah start to end the control was completely with you how are you planning your career like what is the thought process with you uh, what was it earlier what is it now how, what what do you see happening in this career of just a stand up comedian with you I feel the last year I have struggled a great deal to write anything. Mm. Like I have thoughts floating in my head but I think I've been so bogged down by just a covid life that um I like I used to leave the house before to write. You know like you yeah. used to leave the house and you used to write. And here I feel like I can't leave the house and then you're bogged down by house things. you know you're you're raising your 8 year old who's in this damn zoom school which has taken over my world because i am like being reschooled and you know doing projects on properties of air <laughs> and all like come on dude like i'm paying 5 lakhs also and i'm doing work also 5 lakhs we'll discuss that i'm not bitter at all huh? not bitter at all um so <laughs> i uh, so what i've realized is i cannot be too hard on myself in terms of okay you've not uh, like i i can say the last year has passed but what do i have to show for it right um except for baking one keto cake what i'm saying is that i've tried to i i always work best backwards you give me a target i'll work so that's why i take up a lot of like comedy gigs saying that okay now if i know that i have to perform on such and such a date i'll write material for it you know so like that so you don't you don't sit and say okay i need to have a special every year that doesn't happen with you no if i have to i mean ideal like in an ideal world that would be it right but i am no george carlin that every year i'm going to uh, put out a special i mean uh, of course i would you don't need to be a george carlin to put out a special every year every single I comedian mean, in the world okay so what every qu- quarterly you're putting up uh, like the budget comedian. also the budget comes on like end of month like are anju again <laughs> how does he every budget single, time <laughs> every every single comedian is putting out an hour every year now it's a standard norm of the industry You don't have to be a George I'm, Carlin for that. That's fair enough, Anshu Mohan. But I feel like I have too many other things in my life also. 
so i am not going to i'm not i'm not no the thing is that i am not go, i don't have the time to put up a reel every day to edit some great video i don't have i like i'm sometimes i feel i'm too busy living a real life to have to capture it on camera to post on my real life right i'm so glad that you're saying this i'm so glad you're saying this because i feel exactly the same my manager keeps telling me you need to do something about your instagram you need to do something about your twitter just keep putting stuff and i'm like well not possible like you know gorav kapoor also said this or he said this great line he said you know these days we're not uh, serving an audience we're serving an algorithm yeah correct wow and that's true he said like you know you're feeding the lions like you're feeding the beast you're constantly being told you you know put out stuff put out stuff put out stuff he said before we used to shoot a bit and edit the good bits now 12 minute ke liye you're shooting and 10 minute ka content dal rahe ho to matlab he's like kya quality yeah. the quality doesn't matter no yaar it's just that how that's consistent the thing. are quality you quality doesn't matter that's the thing hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter now. Especially on social media, for sure, it doesn't matter. Don't you watch stuff? And there'll be people saying, "Oh my God, it's amazing! It's amazing!" And I'm like, "But I, what's the joke? I did not get it. Is there something wrong with me?" Yes, <laughs> correct. Ninety percent of the time, and I've, I've I've actually started worrying about this thing. Am I being too high-headed? Right? I could understand that if I had won three Grammys for best stand-up specials three years back to back, and then I was commenting on other people's. comedy or stuff they are putting up on social media but uh, i don't know yeah maybe it just doesn't appeal but i think there is i think what people have decided now is just keep putting stuff one in 10 would work that's the thing you no know, throw stuff on the wall something will stick huh. like that something will stick right and and that apparently is a strategy now it's a social media strategy like if i was spoke, you know, i spoke to a few social media experts and they told me this is every day put up stuff and i was like why? like first of all how <laughs> like that's a big question And then, why would I do this? Why would anybody be interested in watching me do reels every like three hours? And I said, you don't realize they they have the option to skip if they want to, right? But the thing is, sometimes they will find something interesting. But if you put once in like five days, then you're putting your own chances at risk, na, of expanding your so-called market. We're also living in a time where. Like I have put some pictures of myself when I was a very unattractive child. Okay, so I've gone through my uh, horrible teenage phase of braces, glasses, and all. So I've been through through pain and all. Yeah, I don't know why you're putting those pictures up. By the way, on social it media, it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. So I put them. So then this, I have been getting messages from people to compliment me on my bravery. I was like in my head, you know, as in growing up, bravery was people who like served in the Kargil War. Okay, not. <laughs> putting up braces and glasses ki tasveerein so the whole the real the whole ideas change <laughs> we really salute your bravery my god <laughs> i think we gone mad here all of us na i think we got warped in our head all of us are mad we're just reacting to things which are crazy any and the world is looking for reasons to get inspired i don't know why like this your putting up like childhood pictures would be inspiring for some people i need to come out and just be who i am that kind of yeah, a thing this be and here anumanim is just struggling to find photos and she finds one and she puts it up no cuz i get a whole bunch of photos of all sitting in my parents house when i go to chennai i take all these photos because you forget how ugly you used to be na sometimes you have that like memory loss temporary and then you're like are shit nahi <laughs> Then my father made it worse by saying, "But uh, baby, uh, you're the ugly duckling became a swan." Thanks, daddy. Thanks. <laughs> Men generally should just keep quiet. I think my father's much worse. He said to me once. He said, "You know, baby, uh, you." I said, "Daddy, I have no game." He said, "I know, baby. Not as your mother." 
<laughs> and when you write stand up i've just moved on <laughs> like but when you write stand up uh, what's your process how do you how do you go about working on your bits and coming out with material so i've always been a story comedian right maybe it's because i have a more theatrical style having done theater but everything with me is a story i'm more interested and invested in a story which is and this is not blowing smoke up your ass or anything which i enjoy watching i enjoy watching an abhijit ganguly and all because there's a story um yeah. so apart from uh, i i feel there's a bit of like oh ho oh, petrol prices ha ha it's not personal to me from when someone gives me a story i feel like i get to know a little more about them okay so uh, fluffy iglesias had this uh, great tale once where he said that um, my fans i feel have the idea of having grown with him so yeah. if he started the, the fans when he started off he was talking about his 2 year old son and now he's talking about the son who's 20 right yeah. so he feels those like because he wants to tell his fans where he's had with his son even because they've seen him grow as the, as well as the son grow right correct so mm. um, there is an element of beauty in that continuity as well um so that's why i'm a big fan of uh, of of personal comedy i guess in that sense i know people always say that comedy began with a sense of truth to power and we must always talk about these deep edgy things in order to bring down the present system that is shackling us and all of that hmm. but i don't find politics funny enough to write a set on it for me it yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's more tragic it's more scary it's more like what is going on you know hmm. um so yeah. that has never been my comedy style So for me everything all I always believe the best kind of comedy comes because the basis is the truth and that's why people yeah. laugh like the because they you are saying something that they also feel but they can't articulate in the same way or you're giving them a completely different life perspective and a life view that they will buy into because you're taking them on that journey with you right so yeah. the basis is always truth and then is there's exaggeration there's parody there's wordplay there's whatever from there I tend to write if it's a story I tend to write start to finish I need to do that. So that whole yeah. 10 minute chunk I will write start to finish. It's not going to be ready. But I cannot stop midway because then it doesn't work out. So I need to do start to finish and hmm. then like work it or you know open mic it or work it and then you reread it a few times and you make the, your changes and you move on from there. Why you one of those who writes it down first? Yeah yeah yeah. I need to write like word by word. Yes yes. I am full. I'm full nerd that way. I need to write word by word. Hmm. That doesn't mean that you won't improvise something on stage, but I'm not like a lot of like Rahul Subramanian at one point. You used to say hmm. that he knows where in the story where the punches are. So he will hit those marks, but he will get there differently each time. I know exactly what he means. I till covid, I used to be one of those guys who would write every word down. and unless i was absolutely confident that i can say it word by word i wouldn't even take it on stage to test it out okay that's the process i was following till covid ah. and then like you said during covid struggled to write struggled to write uh and i just started writing ek hasina thi which is a new solo just before covid hit and then it just stopped like it was literally half a page something i had written and then covid happened and then we i couldn't write and uh i even started going out once the things opened up I started going to this co-working space. I thought if I go out, I'll try. It just didn't happen, right? And then in September, I think, I announced a show which was a trial show without having written a word. And I'd never done this. I am not. I don't have 
the courage to do those things. I actually genuinely get scared if I don't have things ready in front of an audience, or at least half baked. I had nothing with me, and people came. I had the Zoom show, and I literally had a paper here, yeah, just one paper, and just points saying, "Talk about this. Talk about this. Talk about this. Talk about that's it. Just one paper. I kept it on the side. Uh, had one big old monk." and i and but it was like you said it was just stories it was everything that had happened to me in in real time i was making stuff up i ended up doing 90 minutes here of that like on that that day and people were laughing in those 90 minutes to the point that i, that I spent the next few days just listening to it and you know literally just putting it word by word exactly as i had said it and even when i was doing it i was like now nah, i won't be able to repeat this because the way i've said it i know i will not be able to write it or remember it it has to be different i just need to remember the big moments or the big punch lines but you didn't record but it i recorded it i recorded it i did the whole transcript back i was writing it down but when i was writing it i knew i would never perform it again like that it's when you're telling a story you know this it's like the pause will not happen like that again or or when i was repeating a few words for effect and then there was a punch line those that repeat was so natural when it happened the first time that i don't think it will happen again so now i'm very like i'm i'm now thinking of trying this a lot which is like if you have a very strong idea view opinion about something and you have a general idea about what's funny in it just just speak it out like don't write it down just speak it out and see what happens I can't It's do scary. it for some reason. I still can't. I I still can't. Um, you know, and also the weird thing is that I uh, and this is my lack, which is that I'm so scared that something, even at an open mic, that it's not going to be funny or ready enough, right? Hmm. And then people are like, "Arey, women are not funny." You know, I always still have that fear. And Sorapan <laughs> told me he was like, "Ano, an open mic is your time to fail." And yeah. I was like, I get that, sorry, but something me like it's still such a I cannot I feel like I cannot allow myself to like obviously few things are not going to laugh, but I need that I need it ready I need it set. Um, you want to create yeah. a good impression even in an open mic. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's a very bizarre thing. It's like someone um, like you know when 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 we fraternize with my uh, son's um, uh, friends' parents and stuff like that. All very nice, man. and i i've come to the conclusion and i was discussing this with kanis and we both had a good laugh which is that all the the uh, like i enjoy uh, chatting with men because i generally feel like men are quite simple like there's no fluff there's no faff there's no you know they they're not layered enough to read too much into things you can have like a perfectly fine discussion basically you're saying they're not sport, intelligent enough to be layered yeah it's great It's not like you have a nice discussion on on sport, on politics, on this thing, and it's you know it's all good. Um, and uh, like I have an issue that more than like eight women in one place, no, I cannot handle. Like more than forty five minutes, I start breaking out into hives because once they start decide like discussing this very berry lipstick is great on you, I'm like I'm out. मेरे से नहीं होगा ये. So. um we are so and someone told me also your femininity ends with wearing a dress uske baad kuch nahi so we were and i realized all those fathers they all like to have anu there or people like i like to have anu there just because anu will say something funny and they'll all laugh and hmm. one looks at me agast saying my god you have very strong opinions on things and i thought isn't that a good thing to have strong opinions on because i'm always suspicious of fence sitters 
Like whatever yeah. you believe, you got to believe something, na. You can't be Switzerland all your life. Yeah. So um and they and they laugh and I realized like it's very sweet that they like to chat with Anu but they would never be able to marry anyone like Anu like that would be too much for them because it would n- not happen like they would be fundamentally Ooh. incapable uh <laughs> that was, and that, that was yeah, deep it's great yeah yeah it is I'm quite deep sometimes really <laughs> Very amusing. We love to have her at our party and all. She'll dress up nicely and come in her Yaris, not her Mercedes. But <laughs> is Yaris even a car? Or you just made up it the name? It is a car. Shut up. It's a Toyota Yaris. How dare you? Just once okay, I went to work. going forward, not just say Toyota. Just don't add Yaris to it. I, I don't like. It's not one of those. But suppose things. you just think it's like Corolla top end and all, which it's not. Then I let can't them say think. No, what? You, just say Toyota. Don't say Yaris here. Like. अच्छा ठीक है टोयोटो चल चले ओके 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 फाइन फोन भी लगा हां यू सेइंग सम वंस आई टेल यू दिस क्विकली यू कैन कट दिस आउट ओके फॉर योर थिंग वेल यू क्विकली सो वंस यू वेंट फॉर दिस पार्टी एंड ऑल एंड आल्सो नो आई हेट दिस एंड यू गो टू पार्टी लाइक ऑल द विमेन ऑन वन साइड ऑल द मेन ऑन वन साइड आई व्हाट इज दिस लाइक जस्ट चैट अ लिटिल बिट आई एम नॉट यूज्ड टू दिस इन चेन्नई एंड ऑल वी ऑल एवरीवन यूज्ड टू चैट विद एवरीवन लाइक एंड लाइक लाइक इन लाइक दिस इज लाइक इन द गुज्जूस आल्सो विल डू दिस दे ऑल ऑल द विमेन विल बी ड्रिंकिंग ऑरेंज जूस द मेन विल सिट विद देयर विस्कीज डिस्कसिंग पॉलिटिक्स एंड देन द विमेन विल बी लाइक Ochu salt nakwanu cheni snacks ma like this and I am like dead I have no like what what can I contribute to less salt or more salt in the in the which circle are you moving in yar you know yeah they make up their own words like bitings bitings ma suche bitings is not a word you can't just make up some stuff anyway that's beside the point went to a party so there is and all these huh. bankers and you know bankers only talk about money and banking things okay so it was getting very bored. and then one gentleman he used to work with uh, uh, some the adani group or something like that and uh, i and that time so i was like oh uh, uh, was mr adani very upset when he lost the coal mine in australia then he looked at me stony silence and he said oh you you know about things like that oh my god i was like yeah <laughs> apart from comedy things i read paper also sir <laughs> oh my god what to say no What kind of people are you moving about with there? Clearly the wrong kind, Anju. Clearly. <laughs> And this is South Mumbai, kya? Yes. I'm telling you, apart from money, you have you guys have nothing. I don't think they have money also. No, these bankers and all do, but uh, old South Mumbai doesn't have money. But I live no. I keep telling you, I'm the poorest person on the street. I live what twenty seconds from Birla's and forty seconds from Ambani's. Come on. I bring down the GDP of the street. Shut up. You know, even that is rich. You do realize, right? Even that is rich. Okay, whatever. Um. Now then, next question. <laughs> next question. It seems I just realized while while you were talking, I was obviously paying attention, but I also realized that you are doing this podcast while there is a cricket match going on. I know it's a big thing. Ah, uh, it's a big sacrifice. Yeah. But it's okay. Dhawan has scored it cent- like half century and all. I didn't see after that. Huh? I'm not even like looking at the score. Oh, that's yes, the I'm- other thing. This this cricket thing these days okay one th- one thing that's happened that's quite cute okay so I always feel like I'm never bitter about most especially in this line of work right you can't be you, you can't feel bad about the gigs you don't get also it's quite uh, it's sometimes hard when you feel like you could have done a certain role better or uh, you see the person who's got it finally and you'll be like eh you know whether it's in a, a TV show or a web series or whatever. but it's also the kind of uh, life where nothing is in your control in that in that sense right so i did this uh, i had done one reel also where i was like where i was like i had to audition for the role of one malayali from chennai who has an 8 year old son i didn't get that role 
मतलब आई वॉज सो बैड एट एक्टिंग एज माई सेल्फ ना यू वुड हैव थॉट अनु टेलर मेड फॉर यू घंटा नथिंग सो सो इफ आई टू लुक बैक दी थिंग आई फील लाइक आई आई कुड हैव डन वेल एट इज बीन वन प्रेजेंटर ऑन क्रिकेट एटलीस्ट फॉर सम पॉइंट I would have been pretty decent, I think. But uh, you do realize that you have not... to talk about sport also, just not talk about the guys in the sport. Yeah, yeah, I can talk about sport. It's not like I don't. The subtleties of the sport also you have to understand. No? Oh my God, such a guy! You can't just go like I can imagine you doing a pre-match. You are on the ground with Kevin Peterson, and there is just dead silence because both of you are just looking. Listen, at each other. Kevin Peterson, I'm over Kevin Peterson because over Kevin. Is now pants are getting too tight. and uh, this khud ki tareef now has got to stop did you read his article by the way after this whole test debacle of theirs he said are but you should have seen my innings in bombay oh that 180 or it was the best international innings by a batsman on indian soil why didn't you look at my old, my old tips <laughs> i like the way how you how you're passionate about your own favorites first they are your favorite nobody gives a rat ass about kevin peterson in india okay and then you're complaining Rabbit, about him he's only he's trying so hard he's getting someone to tweet in hindi and all no no he's getting someone to tweet in hindi is very clever once then he was praising his wife okay mothers day ke liye ya kuch and he's only showing pictures of her back matlab we can't see her face one picture where she was hot when she was that singer and all uske baad great mom only her back i'm seeing i was like kevin have you taken any pictures of her face You should do a show just on this, yeah. Just like with with your favorites, just talk to them. They'll be so surprised how strongly you have, like, kind of you have such strong opinions about them. They, he, oh, wow. Uh, oh, do you think I have strong opinions on things? Huh? Just like no, my no, friend. On things on these guys, <laughs> like Nadal also, Nadal. Such a man, Ivan. Such a man. Huh? Oh, that I am. What do you think is? Uh, where do you think comedy is going in this country? I fear for all the specials that are going to come out uh, now or in the process of being because they have to go through a lot of uh, legalities, right? Ek to to be approved. Hmm. Um, but also, we don't, we cannot control what people will take offense to. So um, I think at the end of it, they're all going to be. Uh, it's going to be like an insane number of TED talks, or like because or 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 like Toastmasters because. how how else like like i am a very benign comedian okay i don't make very strong political statements nothing um i was told of, uh, like for a, please don't for a show please don't make uh, jokes about uh, religion politics sex hollywood bollywood books authors politicians uh, writers i was like cool but can i breathe then they did not get the joke <laughs> there also and uh, then i was attacked by saying How can you? You can't make jokes about your family. Or that. Like, what is left? You tell me. Left. Now, if I cannot make fun of my own family, a who is going to make fun of them? But B, come on, yeah. And then you'll be like, oh, but you are not edgy. I told one. Uh, there was this is only, the only one time I've done this. We were in a whatever preach discussion stage for a corporate show, and the client wanted to speak, and exactly the same thing. Because if they first sent a list. Of things that I sh- couldn't speak in, pretty much covered everything under the sun. So I was like, "Okay, this must be a standard one." Obviously, when we talk, it will be different, right? They'll only say, "Don't use cuss words, don't do political jokes." That's it, and religion, three things. Normally, is the issue. 
But that guy went on and on and on about stuff I can't talk about. Then he says, please don't give any biased opinion. I was like, excuse me. This is like, I'm a comedian. Every opinion, everything that I say is biased. He was like, no, 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 don't say anything about it. You'd never know these days. You know, I was so pissed. And this is during COVID time. So, you know, you would never say no to business. But I was so pissed. I eventually told him, I said, do one thing. I don't think you guys are ready for stand-up comedy. You do Then you play that. And then I cut the phone. Yeah. It's scary. I, I, I feel worried right now that uh, I don't... I, there are two parts to it. One is this whole don't do politics and don't do religion which doesn't affect some comedians like us because we've never done yeah. those in any case. Right? We generally talk about the other things. But now I get worried that anything that you speak about, you can, you can get yourself in trouble. Sometimes I feel like what is it? I, it's not like people don't want to laugh, no? People want to laugh. But now it's like if that Rahul, though I didn't even see that video where he had to take it down because some dentists and uh, chiropractors and physiotherapists got upset because he said they were not doctors or something like that in his set. So he had to take down yeah, a video. Yeah, but he shouldn't have taken it down. Yeah, he, he shouldn't have taken it down. This is what I felt. I like. I, I I don't know what that video was. I don't know how what strongly he said. Yeah. But if you start taking down because some profession professional people start saying hey, we don't like it, then to khata mein hum log then bacha kya. That shouldn't have yeah. happened here at all. Because it's true. Because if people say, how does your mother-in-law take it and all when you joke about her? I said, whenever she's upset, I buy her a ticket to New York to see her favorite daughter-in-law and it's all good, you know. But now I can't do that with every chiropractor or dentist, no? <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I don't know where this is going here because I had a set before COVID, no? I was, I was running this special called Just a Bad Guy. It was... Kind of little like the topics were little edgy. I won't say the material was necessarily very edgy or very controversial. The topics were edgy. Like it was feminism. There were like 15, 10, 15 minutes bit on God and stuff like that. And I had never faced any backlash ever after the show. Nobody had walked up to me and said that, hey, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. And then I was doing it just like one a month back. I did that show in Gurgaon. And uh, everything was going fine till the feminism jokes and other stuff and rich people jokes and all of those things were going fine. And then I started off with this bit on God. And it's God, okay? I don't even talk about a religion. I don't even mention. It's about believing in God and not believing in God. That's it. The idea of God. And there was dead silence here. Like I could feel the awkwardness where the audience was like, oh, don't do this, don't do this. Now it's not allowed. And these were regular people. And I always believed that those who are complaining against us or outraging against us on Twitter, social media, etc. were in any case not our audience. Those guys who come to comedy clubs are different people. These guys are doing it because they are part of some gang, group, political party, whatever it is or affiliation. Where they think that just creating controversy uh, will further their cause, whatever that is. So I always felt it was different. These guys who come into clubs to watch our show, pay money. These guys are not the ones who are outraging over anything. Even religion, they're not outraging. But that day I felt it. Yeah. I felt the awkwardness in the room. And I really got worried. I was like, oh, I know this bit works. It has worked every single time. But even with this, you guys are getting awkward because of everything that has happened before. Do you not feel sometimes that 
as comedians or as performers, uh, there's a certain bubble that you live in, like whether it's a social media bubble. Like also, you know, it's an, it's an interesting time where I feel like now you measure someone's worth by, uh, which is directly proportional to their social media following. You know, when you, when people yeah. make deals or how much you're worth or whatever, like even actors say this, that when they're being cast for something, they're asked, uh, how many uh, Insta followers do you have? And they said, what difference does that make? I'm auditioning for a role. They said, no, because it makes a difference now. And he was like, are you trying to tell me that instead of working on my craft, I'm just supposed to do some notanki every day and put it up on a reel so you feel like I've become a more interesting person, right? Um, but this this idea that for the mass of mankind, because we always feel like, oh, someone said this, this comedian, you know, people are outraging, blah, blah, blah. That actually people don't know. If you're not in this, you don't know. Like a lot of people know that a comedian has been jailed. They don't know Munawar Faruqi has been jailed. They have not read so deeply into it. So, but whatever we follow on Twitter, like, you know, our feed also is controlled by what we look at, right? So we feel, my God, of course, the whole nation is outraged. Actually, nation doesn't care. Nation is like, huh, some comedian is in jail. You're right. Actually, when uh, during that point where Munawar was in jail, I remember I'd gone to a couple of these get-togethers with close family friends and stuff like that. And I would mention like offhand that, you know, there's a comedian who's in jail. And they were like, who? What? When? Like they weren't even aware of stuff like this. But yeah, that is okay. That is, I think, understandable. And I, I frankly don't give a rat's ass about uh, this so-called bubble that we stay in because it's a we at least recognize that we are in a bubble so you don't give too much importance to it. Um, I get worried when you see it in an audience, like the genuine audience. When you see changes happening there, no? that's when I'm like, okay, this is the biggest real stuff that we can experience, which is I am on stage, there's an audience who's paid money to watch my show and their reaction or ev everything that happens in that room is the most important thing for me. And when I see those reactions changing because of outer influences, then that But how me. do you know that? You don't know it's because of that, no? Maybe it, it, is, it is those is, I, five audience members who maybe no. don't like God jokes. No, no, no. It was not. Uh, it was the reason why I felt it that day very specifically was because. Ho ho hold on. Hold on. This is my wife ca calling again and again. So let me just tell her that Monica? we are doing a podcast recording. Huh. Monica, I am doing a podcast recording. I am doing a podcast recording. Monica. Monica. Not in, not in that bag. Not in that Okay, okay. Poor. You put on the I'm going to be in trouble on this one for sure. I just realized. Like, ah, I'm recording her up. Tuck. Yeah. <laughs> and she's traveling right now. And she just got a signal in Darjeeling somewhere. She must have just gotten signal to call, to make that one call that she has to make. Why is she traveling at this time? I don't know. She had some work, some project which is going on. But anyway... So I was saying that that day, na, I, I know that bit very well because I've been doing it for one and a half years. I know how in that show, at that point, what happens in the room, right? The, the, when the feminism bit ends for me, I know where I've taken the audience. I know they're cracking up, but it was exactly happening to that point. So I knew the audience. This is like mid of the hour where this was happening, right? So I knew, you, you know, right? When the audience is reacting a certain way, you know, ispe hasenge, ispe hasenge. but this was my audience, like really enjoying till then. And then when I mentioned God, na, there was a physical shuffle in the audience. Okay, like I could sense physically people moving in their chair. And when the first joke happened, 
there was a very muted laughter and but because majority of them decided to remain quiet on it it just died there it's a, it's one of those bits where you know theek hai ek nahi chala dusra nahi chala right you know there are lot of jokes in that one that will like guarantee it's 100% will work just died i had to stop the bit in the middle and i was like okay i understand what's happening out there and i don't know maybe they were just scared for me <laughs> they were like abhi se shuru kiya ki pitega abhi maybe it was that but it is real na it's going to affect us either which way but what is your uh, opinion on like like you said everyone has a right also to be offended right right that is their right like the the yeah, difference is in professions is what that everyone feels like they have an opinion and they have the right to give you an opinion even though they're sitting behind a computer as a data analyst right oh, but yeah, they totally are in a where with they they want to tell you they can tell you and they are experts because they've seen 10 stand up specials right and they follow 20 hmm. comedians on twitter Hmm. so uh i on like we on the other hand will not go to uh, their bank job and say by the way i just because the nifty has gone up 50000 points i don't think you should make this investment right because you don't think that because that is not your area of expertise no but which is not true na no, no, which is a, not true no. but but we would also comment na ye sachin ne bhi aisa shot kyu mara you know these guys could have played well uh, talented fair enough i'm not saying no but i feel like yeah. there are certain professions where it is left mm. open to people giving their opinions freer right because everyone's an expert this is precisely what i'm saying everyone's an expert although they are not an expert right which is fine so you're laying yourself open in that sense to criticism and brickbats and all of that so in that there will be a faction of people who don't like it when people which is fair enough who don't like it when people make religious jokes why should you make Correct. fun of hindu gods which is a fair enough thing so hmm. what is the argument then the argument is but you should not be offended or is the argument uh, okay let this i i i don't want to for a bit because i don't want to upset people what is the root okay so my it's kind of a shifting viewpoint Initially, I was obviously of the opinion that hey, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Okay? The simplest thing. If you think that it is a larger problem, that uh, like you know all these political parties, you know the country didn't like it and the country was outraged or some particular religion was outraged. If that is true, then the comedian's career in any case is over, na? Because if they outraged, they won't come to his. So then why worry about it? Let him do ten more jokes on it and it will be finished. Because people are outraged, they will not come and watch his shows. That used to be my opinion. there is a slight shift i don't know whether it's i honestly don't know whether it's fear or anything else but there is a slight shift in saying hey we can we can as comedians we know the art form we know that it's all about saying whatever we want to say and there's no limit to a topic that we can pick or etc but at the same time you got to understand the mood of your audience in this case our country you have to be you have to understand the pulse of where the country is going and yes today religion because it's been very nicely manipulated through messaging and social media and stuff people are are very edgy about it it's just like the divide between modi and you know supporters and whatever opponents but so you have to understand the mood if you say that you are a comedian who can pick up any topic then just leave this out just understand that the country is not ready for it you can't just thrust it down the throat just because of your creative freedom right the country is not ready and it is a fact there's some points on which i now believe that the general audience is not ready 
because it is political parties and all doing drama then i won't care but i i know the audience is now uncomfortable with religion the audience is now uncomfortable with politics either you're very smart to crack a joke which is genuinely super intelligent smart joke then go ahead and try it but if it's just like one two layers you're peeling the second layer and cracking a joke on religion right now i don't think it's done i mean you can you can avoid it yaar you can just talk about a zillion things open up your own creative freedom see what else you can talk about is what i feel right now what do you think no i would agree with that i would agree with that like sometimes i feel like even certain com- uh, comedians i'm saying stop raging all like sometimes i feel like it's so kitchil na it's like if if you're going in for a corporate show you know there are topics you can't touch right but you're also getting paid a lot more Essentially, you're getting paid also a lot more than you would for a like I always say the most soul-crushing gigs are the ones you're getting paid a lot more for than the one that you're going to a little comedy uh, club and performing at, right? So the the there's one is keeping your soul happy, the other is keeping your bank balance happy. So whatever. So, uh, but you cannot say then you cannot rage against the organization, the corporation to say that oh my god they're not allowing me to say this that and the other what the hell and all. I'm like but you know that na. If you know that you've agreed to it, then don't go on stage and then upset people by cracking those. No, no, no. You know, I have to. You have to change the system and all. Abi, kya? Ah, then don't do it changing? at all. Yeah, don't, don't agree do it, to na? it and then go try to be a rebel on yeah. stage out there because you're just being an idiot. They are yeah. within their right. No, they are a conservative bank or conservative com- IT company, whatever they are. That's their prerogative. Like you're not going to change that, na? With your half an hour on stage. I have been on that side. and i don't agree with any point in their don't do jokes wala list okay because i've been there yaar i've worked there in 18 years don't tell me that there are no political conversations inside an office that there's no comment made on religion or sex or whatever some shit like that you know more often than not when we were doing live shows after our show there used to be this party na that would happen so they would say that don't don't say any bad word and then they would go dancing on chikni chameli and you know doing all of that nonsense the entire hr was also there so it is all crap but you then understand ki okay it's it's a system it's a part they don't want to take the risk it is not about that they will not understand it they will laugh at it but they just don't want to take the risk of even one employee saying i felt uncomfortable that's all there is to it they know right most of the time now Uh, especially people that i've known in the industry like at least interacted once or twice and they come for a show they are almost apologetic about giving me that list saying i'm sorry but you know you know how it is right and they and you know they're saying they basically saying yeah do something else na har jagah pe to you don't have to be a rebel theek hai well it's always like two funny person is telling you all this right You find it funny. I said I find it very cute when somebody says that don't cuss on and don't do political jokes. And I'm like, me pas hai bhi nahi, or I don't cuss in any case. If you if you tell me to cuss, it will be a bigger problem. Ah, <laughs> huh, that's the other yeah. thing, you know. Uh, this whole thing of cussing, like, so um, I may curse in real life, but I never curse on stage. Ek to it doesn't come naturally to me also to give. So I feel like, and when it doesn't come naturally, the audience can also make out now that you're making too much of an effort to do it. So I feel like you you are that. the closest version of yourself on stage right when you're doing stand up you're still a version but you're the closest to yourself and uh, uh, people always say oh that's very good and i'm like there's no virtue per se in not cussing like i don't think it's extra virtuous it's just that it does not come naturally to me and it is not my personality type 
which is perfectly like someone else can carry it off much better and do it naturally and that's great so i'm saying you have to work with also what you have no yeah there is no right or wrong in this i, I you know people ask me i said do you like comedians who cuss i was like if the joke is good of course i like it yeah. but if the cuss word is the joke then the comedian needs to learn a few things that that he or she will learn over time but yeah there's yeah you can cuss if you want to yeah i i find it a little uncomfortable when i hear it as you know when i'm hearing other comedians when the cuss word for some reason is in hindi yeah it's more guttural and raw and yeah yeah it just sounds very raw and dirty i don't know why english it just doesn't matter like you can say whatever you want and it'll just be okay like nobody bothers but the moment you say na in hindi just for some reason sounds very weird you know that uh, tiffany haddish won the grammy grammy award for best comedy album yeah i have never like at that point i started questioning life a little bit because i <laughs> there were exactly two jokes in that whole one hour and i actually liked I'm it like, though, come on how how like so i just i i do not understand i lack the words and i'm never a person who lacks words like sometimes you know you like you go through something because you want to like test yourself also in your 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 patience and i've been through labor like i know pain but i just watch this and i think like, i cannot believe it like also i i realized when i watched like a nikki glazer i couldn't get through her special because she started off only with oral sex and hmm. i'm not some prude or something but i always feel like start off a little so then ease into this because now suddenly yeah. like i'm not ready establish for establish your yeah establish yes, your personality you character or whatever yeah yeah uh-huh. right now i know nothing about you but your name but i already know your sexual preferences up top it is too much for me and how men should man should go down on you you know like i'm just having a drink now relax it doesn't go with my wine <laughs> <laughs> reality having lassi <laughs> like whatever uh, doesn't go with my wine huh. yeah. which special did you like off late recently i like all uh, i like bilbur i liked um, dave chappels uh, i generally like he got a lot of this thing for sticks and stones i think the latest one no i quite liked it yeah, yeah. um yeah. also because i think the idea that uh, most people feel that because you are saying it as a comedian means you actually believe it no you don't do it you're saying it because it's funny because it elicits no, in, a laugh in dave chapel's case i don't think it's that's the thing no anshumor he's very clever he'll give you right he'll give you left and he'll give you a centrist point of view sometimes you actually don't know where he's standing because he's given you all three and i think that's his brilliance I feel that he gives you the view that he believes in first and then he balances it out when he's closing the bit. Then he Which he will leave the... you with that balance just not to create controversies or whatever but I mean and that too he doesn't give a rat's ass I think. But his first opinion the first part of the bit is always what he truly believes in where he really then gives it. And then he say one line here and there just to get out of it. Look at both of us discussing how what Dave Chappelle's capabilities are. Huh. No, I mean, look, he is not a comedian, right? He is like philosopher, like politician. He's he's so many things rolled into uh, one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's many chicken soup for the soul books, just you know, <laughs> much more articulate fashion. Uh, but also sometimes, like they, all these top comedians have earned the right to. 
say certain things almost and that we we will listen so when mm. a twin so so uh, a louis ck at that time would go on stage and say so abortion people would listen now a 20 year old kid in india saying are louis ck ne bhi kiya main bhi karta hu and he goes about no no don't do that and also this interesting point like i was having a discussion with sorab pant is it like with this whole like so many uh, male comedians being blackballed as well in the in the west the idea of how long is too long or too short a time that you are supposed to be away who makes these rules like you don't know right like yeah. i saw a video of louis ck i've never overly loved louis ck but i saw this video of of his uh, that he put up two months ago um and where he talks about you know things that happened and 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 stuff and i honestly in the 10 minute video i felt very uncomfortable very uncomfortable because also it was almost like the everyone clapping in the audience saying oh the king is back you know yeah. um yeah. and uh, he wasn't like i didn't feel it was genuine like he was addressing it because he had to and it was a by the by so i feel like what what is the time frame that this has happened okay but what is the time frame that he's supposed to be away or chris like are we supposed saying that he's supposed to be away forever no he's not going to be he's louis ck and people want him back or he's chris delia and people want him back um i think so the reaction to it is one. the the reaction to it is basis which gender is getting affected uh in the sense that in like in the case of louis ck women will always have a different reaction to it and not because of anything else because of how much you are invested in the actual controversy that happened now for me for example i from i i don't i'm not invested in louis ck's life right i have nothing to do with it i liked his stand up and i enjoyed his stand up that was my interest in louis ck and i really enjoyed his stand up so that was one part of the equation the second part was what happened now i i can be angry about it but honestly because men have never faced these kind of things na we pretend we understand but we don't there we really don't because we 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 don't have that layer to feel offended by it you know what i mean so when louis ck comes back i will not applaud and all but i'm like yeah okay chalo but women every woman in this world because in some sense since childhood they have seen this shit happen on roads and streets and in buses and in trains they cannot and rightly so they can't just understand how you're getting this guy back why is the world not angry enough and i wish it was but we don't understand it dave, dave chapel had this great video remember where he said he was talking about what happened to you see he said women you cannot have such a brittle spirit and i remember yeah. those two words very clearly oh, yeah, so you cannot yeah, have such yeah, a brittle yeah, yeah. spirit because in yeah, entertainment shit happens in entertainment and blah blah and i was like yeah. mm, dave i love you but <laughs> <laughs> there is a power equation here in a power play okay yeah. you are dave chapel tere ko kya pata you walked away from 50 million dollars i have i have realized that uh, you know it's uh, the smart thing here like everybody used to say na just listen listen i was like i used to earlier say what is listen let's let's have a conversation around it now if you want to change my opinion have a conversation don't say listen because when you're saying listening i'm hearing that i will point fingers at you and you just have to quietly stand in one corner and listen to what i'm saying so that's how i used to interpret this bit saying listen don't talk listen right 
then I started engaging in the conversations. And when I engaged in the conversations, I realized, shit, I don't have those experiences to be for it or counter it. Right? A, there is no counter to it. It is wrong in every sense. But even when you're with it, I, I, I'm not so connected emotionally because I never felt it. I've never experienced those things. And then I said, okay, now that is what listening means. It's like, don't bring all your unconscious bias and, you know, conscious bias into this conversation. Shut up and listen. This happens. Just agree. Accept. You you will never feel it. You will never experience it. But when we are saying it, you know, just accept that it happens. So now I'm like more like, yeah, okay. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I can't pretend to understand. But it... Do you believe that you need to... Um have undergone the same experience or know what the comedian is talking about in order to appreciate his comedy? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, Hannah yeah. Gatsby's special was a classic example. None of what she said I had gone through uh, or have had experienced or even anybody around me had experienced whatever she's gone through. And yet... I think I've seen that special at least 10 times and every single time there have been moments in the special where I've gotten up on the bed and started clapping. <laughs> After seeing it like multiple times, I've just clapped because it just somehow connected. It's the beauty of the words. It's the way it's been expressed that you feel the pain. You feel the anger. This is the beauty of writers that you can make people understand the pain, the anguish, the threat without alienating them. It's easy to say, men are fuckers, you guys don't understand, you guys are this, you guys did this. And immediately that alienation happens. Because then I'm not listening, I'm protecting myself. I'm saying, okay, nod your head right now, walk away from the conversation. I don't think anything changes. But when Hannah Gatsby kind of writers and comedians, they talk about the struggles that they had, somehow there is this, I want to understand this pain deeper. I can feel it. I can sense it. And I'm understanding a little bit. So I, I think, yeah. I found it fascinating to. at one point because I got a message from this 24-year-old boy who had seen my special who said, look, I am 24 from the north of India. I related to nothing that your special <laughs> said. Okay. I obviously have not understood, like I have not gone through any of these things. But I want to tell you, I found it very funny and I... Uh, appreciate your confidence or something and so that got me thinking is it important to relate to something in order to find it funny and I never thought it was because the idea of the beauty of stand-up is there are so many diverse voices and I'm investing in your life which is hugely different from my life yeah. right as opposed to yeah I know where he's coming so when a when a boy is doing a, a masturbation joke I have not experienced it but I'm yeah. saying that you have to say it. so so that's uh, uh, so that's always fascinating to me whether relatability is an important factor in finding someone funny, in finding the material funny and investing yourself, therefore, in the comedian. There are very few things that are not relatable. Like the 24-year-old person would still know somebody in your age group. No? They have seen life. You weren't talking about like, I am 90 years old and I'm in old yeah. care or... Right? Whatever. That person has seen it around. Everybody has experienced it. Like, there was a... Thankfully, there was this young kid in uh, Canvas Laugh Club in Mumbai in the audience very early in my career. Like, I probably the second or third time I was performing there. And uh, it was one of those three nights in a row. 
first night i had bombed and second night um, i then performed and the show went off well enough for somebody to come and say can i take a photo with you and i was like oh shit you know this is like first few shows and the the guy was taking photos and i was i asked him i asked him i said what did you like about the show i've just started doing this what did you like about the show and in my head i wanted to hear that your material was very relatable okay but it wasn't i was talking about my family and being a father and stuff like that and he said something he says you know when i was looking at you i was thinking oh shit this is my dad it hurt at a level but then i realized that i don't need to pretend to be a 20 year old and find that relatable chain with them they can still look at me as somebody or oh, my dad might be thinking like this and they find it really funny then so relatability is very subjective obviously but i think uh, yeah you can talk about anything here it is the words that you choose if i pick a topic na i don't think the audience is interested in knowing about the topic they are interested in knowing how i feel about i feel that. about the topic right huge difference here like i look at my current sets or old sets now and i like i am just telling them that this happened this happened this happened this happened there's some bunch lines here and there the feeling kahin aata hi nahi hai usme because that then is the voice that people talk about that's your voice on stage when you can just talk about how you feel about things because you feel the way only you feel when one question i ask you like this is a thing i, I don't know if i told you this about um, when hana gatsby was doing nanet um, i think in the melbourne comedy festival something in, in the first run no she was going on at 11:30 at night or something like that okay hmm. now there's a guy in the audience who had a few beers and all and uh, she's she was doing her and then he was like something he said about where are the jokes or something okay <laughs> and she had him removed then it became a whole the male sex and and had him removed now honestly i'll tell you i completely get where he's coming from it's 11:30 at night he's had a few beers he's come to watch comedy and he's watching a woman tell him about how she was raped yeah <laughs> so i feel like it's a bit much so my one issue with that and obviously this is not a very popular opinion is that i do not consider her bit stand up i think it is a stunning theatrical monologue but these days i find that the lines are very blurred between theatrical monologue ted talk and ha ha stand up yeah because for some reason a lot of comedians are thinking that we shape opinions i don't think yes, so we, do. we need to exactly why are you giving us so much importance that yeah, you need yeah. to tell someone how to feel and take up issues because politicians aren't solving them but you will with your yeah. five punch lines it is it is actually hilarious the way we think we are important uh, in changing opinions that somebody will listen to a joke that we are saying and then suddenly be like oh shit my opinion changed oh yeah i don't think that happens i think in hannah gatsby's case you're right it was not a pure play stand up special uh, it was not meant to be she has said it in interviews that she, it was a goodbye monologue for her she was like i just have to say these things out and like even if somebody tells you na no right now Uh, as like let's say they say okay one hour on stage there's an audience sitting and you have to have to talk about your darkest darkest issues on stage okay you just have to talk nothing else the fact is because you're a stand up comedian you will the jokes will come in hmm. third line fourth line automatically a joke would come in even if you're talking about your thing so it was that i think for that special hanagatsby special because she want to just let it out 
and the jokes just came in because she's a comedian like it's like you love you love douglas i did not but also then like nanette to back up nanette was difficult i felt i found um, douglas very smart yeah, yeah I, it was I so smart thought the beginning I, was so self indulgent went on that is on the beauty of the it, thing no? she's going to say and like beyond the, okay like okay this is my thing sometimes you no know, when i watch a video of someone like you see these youtube uh, stand up videos it's like 8 minutes 10 minutes i always watch it and this ha ha hilarious but always hmm. ask myself will i watch 1 hour of this person yeah and then I, then i realize there is a difference between a 10 minute clip being hysterical and sustaining hmm. for 1 hour because no matter what special you watch at that halfway mark it is also a performance medium it's not about what a great joke writer you are how clever you are you know a lot of comedians sometimes i see their material and i feel like my god if i had your joke writing skills and my perf- i could sell it much better than you are selling it right now okay. you know those lines yeah, yeah um yeah. so whoever you are at that 30 minute mark you have to push and have some performance ability to carry you through to a one hour and that's the meaning it is not a question of ability or joke writing it is what can you do from a performance point of view that will mm. take you from a 6 to a 9 and a half yeah i think solos are yeah solos have to be designed differently uh, you have to be clear about what happens with the audience at certain points right at maybe at about there is a point 35th to 40th minute 45th minute even if you're doing great they are tired they're tired of laughing there's shuffling happening stuff is happening do you then increase your pace you that will be stupid do you give them a story at that point of time so that they relax just listen but they stay invested do you lower down the entire tempo and then bring it up so there are moments i think but it has to be designed that's why i can't, if you ask me to write a 10 minute bit on something just like that i normally don't i just write hours for me i need to be clear about that i'm going to cover these five topics and this is what i'm going to talk about 1 2 3 4 in that sequence and this then has to happen so it is always writing the r it is never writing that today i have just you know there's a thought which came on a certain topic let me just write about it never happened with me but do you uh, feel like an r has to be about one thing can it no. not be a, a miscellaneous collection of stories or yeah, events yeah it can or... be it can be it is difficult to pull off it is like you need to be really skillful if you have too many miscellaneous things the the beauty with storytelling at least is uh, you know comedy storytelling is that the pressure goes off uh, you know the bits are longer because you're telling a story but uh, if you're picking multiple topics up then too many jokes I, i mean too many different things about which you're joking so it's difficult to do but yeah i mean if you want to do it for me it's it's been a standard thing i've realized now if i need to if i'm not doing a complete like ekasinati right now is a complete story so there's no i'm going to talk about this this is a story from childhood till now but otherwise i was very clear five topics the big ones is what i need to decide on this is what i'm going to talk about they somehow need to be relatable in the sense that i can understand why is a special being called so and so and the sixth topic will normally come out of when i'm writing it will come out of some tag here and there and the and it's 60 minutes that's it so for me it was always that decide on five topics you want to talk about this year and then go ahead with it we'll make a special i have a uh, comedian friend of mine she thank you she told me she said and she's very good with one liners okay so she said for me 
uh, I, she said when I was doing my one hour, I felt like it was just laugh, laugh, laugh. She said, I wish I had, you know, a slight story or ability to flesh out something as opposed to go punchline, punchline, ting, 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 ting. It's going one after the other. Yeah. Because she's like, that doesn't sustain for one hour, na? Because then, like we said, like at one point they get tired of love, as opposed to again, up and down, up and down, take you on a story, then there are lull moments and then you get back up again. If I'm constantly doing ha-ha, then you're just like, now it's it's a lot. Like it's a lot for even the audience to process. I have deep respect for people who can do one-liners. I completely agree. Like even the 10 minute set with just one-liners, shit man, you got to be really smart for that. Can never do a one-liner. Why that silence and why that smile and then that laughter? <laughs> and going oh back God. And oh God. You had a wicked thought, then you, then you were like, no, I'm never. in this podcast. Never me, say. wicked. How dare you? Huh? respect Fuck you. This is getting uh, <laughs> edited. It'll, it'll get cut at me, wicked thought, never. <laughs> and then clap, cut at that point. Why, why are you like this, Anjumo? Deep down, you must love me a little. I am very uh, conscious about my image. I dye so my cute. hair. So thought you had one. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this, this delusion. Is, this is the point which is like 100%. Like, let me do this. Just so that I remember. It comes in that sound wave. I'll tell Monica. First of all, Monica is so rude. Say, how my podcast cut on you? saying, ah, okay, okay. So sweetly. Yeah. But rubbish. <laughs> and then I didn't even say bye. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Fuck, man. But uh, Anu Menon, this was uh, first of all. I didn't know your name is Anuradha, so I'm yes, going to call you Anuradha, Anuradha Menon from now on. my teachers, teachers. consider me as your teacher, uh, Anuradha Menon. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I uh, this is exactly what I wanted out of this podcast. I was like, should I just sit and talk to her about her journey, journey, and all? Then I realized, no. She, what is important is, or she thinks about stuff. So finally, I'm giving you the reality that I was genuinely interested in your opinions and that's why we spoke about everything that we did but thank you so much for being on the podcast you have thank you for you have giving a me a up. platform you have that smile which is no, like no. thank uh-huh. you for this platform that you have given me as an up and coming comedian to uh, and allowed me to speak because usually I'm so yes. used to getting interrupted you know being the token woman on a panel that this I truly appreciate you are a woke human being. Congratulations. But also, most importantly, I want to, uh, this you can cut off when uh, you, you wish to. But I knew that, I was like, okay, I think I'll get along with this person because we, you had a, you were doing a weekend at Canvas and we had met at the Bangalore Comedy Festival. My w- glass of wine was stolen and all and you seemed a- adequately sympathetic. Um, and so I was like, okay, he seems... Uh, so we went, uh, so you said, Acha, we'll uh, meet, I'm in Bombay. I said, yeah, yeah, cool, we'll meet. So we uh, had, a, we went for, I think, uh, to, uh, to to have hot chocolate. And I was like, my God, a grown man is having hot chocolate. This is adorable. We, we went to have, I suggested hot chocolate. No, because that, that was on the menu. You got excited by it. So I was like, oh, so sweet. <laughs> Little loserly, but sweet. Anyway, so we were at this, this coffee shop. Then. Huh? <laughs> it's true because you had ramen coke before at India. And anyway, at this hotel. Now there were like three and a half people in this, in this biggish restaurant. So, uh, you suddenly loudly, loudly said, Hey, how can you sleep with him? He's my friend and you didn't even bother. Huh? How do you think I feel? 
and the beauty of it was the waiter did not flinch and that hurt you like nothing has ever hurt you in your life where you said anu if we were in delhi five people would have come rushing and asked me what happened your bombay sucks the guy has not even batted an eyelid i mean you i've said are sleeping with my friend as my wife and he doesn't care <laughs> i know man it was so disappointing i found it hilarious i said i think i'll get along with this guy <laughs> <laughs> you mumbai folks thanks so much yeah thank you for being there. thanks yeah i've tried to use a laptop because of you i appreciate uh, your patience with uh, and i hope the sound quality is okay with the construction outside and the the crows oh, they were crows also construction they were crows also here. crows are there uh, they between the crows and anirudh snoring i'm uh, i think i have sleep apnea yeah uh, <laughs> you know i went through so two months so... without drinking any wine also she's like bad dark times i went through why no just can't be just is see yeah because meri life mein ulti duniya chalti hai basically because in chennai i had gone for two weeks to see my parents and my mum uh, i am not used to drinking much i'm not a huge drinker but hmm. every day i had to drink a glass of wine and if i told my mother no she'll say listen baby if you don't drink i won't drink and i really need a drink to matlab i said which parent is first of all forcing children to drink i, I don't understand so then okay. you gave up wine for two months yeah i just said enough because you had for to, one month and then it extended yeah i was like i'm not used to this now i'll be 40 and all now it's upsetting covid is affecting people differently this is not good for you uh please come back to being who you are this is not going to last someday you will get vaccinated acha no listen my parents took their second dose yesterday and then my mom went into a tailspin because in the evening the directive came that now instead of 4 weeks it should be 6 year 8 weeks 8 weeks so yeah. now she's like hang it now i'll get i took it in 4 weeks that's it this is the end <laughs> i told your father he didn't listen to me <laughs> calm down please tell her it's a distribution problem yes that's what i told her you know my mother does this basically i will tell her things and she will factor it in but she's forgotten and she will next time i speak to her say the same thing back to me like it's her original thought i was like mama i told you this yesterday <laughs> that they're trying to space out the fact that everyone should get vaccinated what rubbish you didn't have i said yes mama you said it's a very valid point oh did i, I was like yes <laughs> You should have had more kids with whom you could have played this game. One kid to another. No, I spoiled my parents, dude. I was a very good child, and that's why I feel like they're not used to like when like you know they they they're just not used to things going wrong. I know you don't need people in life. Like normally, people need other people. You don't need people. You're fine with a glass of wine and a painting behind you. I'm going to stop you right you. there. I'm going to so stop you right there. I'm going to tell you something. What what you've said is very deep. No, I'm not happy with myself. I'm as an only child, I can amuse myself. um at drama school there was an exercise where this iranian is a movement uh, class where there were five people so basically you have to do nothing one person comes and sits down and looks at the four people uh, in front of them doesn't say anything just looks and if people in the audience feel like you look like you need company or need something they will come and sit next to you i was the hmm. only person no one came and sat next to why and my teacher said you don't look like you need anyone wow yeah so actually what you said is very correct 
कुछ तो फायदा हुआ इमेजिन स्पेक्ट्रम एट विच पीपल नाउ आर एग्रींग विल यू गेट वैक्सीनेटेड वेन द वैक्सीन कम्स आई शुड आई शुड आई विल I I I I mean, I've allowed my parents and everyone else, the older people. Now I can't say I won't get vaccinated because you're <laughs> no, you have to. It's not a yeah. I would, I should, I could. No, you have yeah. to now. <laughs> I have to. Alrighty, Anumanan. I'll see you when I see you. Thank you so much for doing this. Ah, uh, thank you. It was nice to see you. I told you once you start listening to the episode, you won't be able to put it down. What a fantastic conversation! I, you know this is this is one of the reasons why i like kanu menon so much uh, you know she she's one of those with whom you can sit down and and talk about what goes through a comedian's mind uh, about the art form about the challenges uh, it's just a, every time every single time i've met her we've had these wonderful conversations and i'm so glad that uh, i've been able to put forward this conversation for you guys to listen to so i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and if you did you know what to do Please share it with your friends and family. Let people know that there is a podcast called Stupid No More. And stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you next week. Ciao.